Hey, welcome to Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. And let me tell you, this is the perfect podcast for you. Because on this podcast, we're going to have honest, open, and biblical conversations about things people love to talk about. Also about things people hate to talk about. So with that being said, let's hop into it. Hey everyone, once again, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk. I'm so happy you are here with me today. And we are actually on our seventh episode this season. And let me tell you, it has been going by so quickly. I can't believe um, that everything's been flying by so fast, but I'm so thankful and I'm incredibly appreciative of all of the feedback, all of the support that I've gotten, all of the shares, the likes, the DMs, the direct messages, the private messages people have sent like through like Facebook Messenger, uh, the text messages, the calls, the messages through my family members, <laughs> like through my mother and uh, through my grandmother. I just appreciate all of the support that I've been getting from everyone. And we are actually past the halfway threshold. So if you would have told me that I would have been doing this four months ago, I would have been like, what in the world are you talking about? Um, four months ago, I was stressed out of my mind. I didn't know how I was going to make something like this work. Um, I was in one of the lowest places that I had been in my life. And I was just dealing with a lot of mess, a lot of crap. I was stressed out to the point where I had ulcers. <laughs> and nobody knew about that part of my life. And nobody knew about that. But now, looking back over it again, it was a huge testimony. And it was a huge testament to whoever may be listening to this in one of the worst seasons of their life. Just to let you know that it doesn't last forever and that God has purposely placed you in that season of your life, even though it's bad, to show you something that's going that you're going to use one day to minister to someone else or to minister to a whole group of people. So I just encourage you to steward over that. And so looking back over it again, I didn't steward over that season of my life um, the way that I probably should have, but I did retain some knowledge or some information from that season of my life that I can use now and here to actually spread the word to all of you who are listening to this. So I'm entirely thankful to God, even for the bad times and even for the bad situations. At that time, I may not have been that thankful for it, but looking back over it again, it's sort of like when you're younger, like you don't really like whoopings that much when you're younger. I grew up with um, very old fashioned parents and Oh, and I grew up with my great grandparents and they were, um, in their eighties. So they highly believed in disciplinary actions when you needed it. I'm not saying that anyone, that God is disciplined anyone for, um, even though like if you're in the season you're in, let me word that a little bit better. If you're in the season you're in, that doesn't mean that God is disciplining you. But, um, the concept that I'm reaching at is that you don't understand the, you don't understand the blessing of, the hardships and the pain that you're going through at that time, but is when you look back over it again and you're like, wow, I'm able to effectively use the lessons that I've learned at that moment of time now to help someone else out. And so I believe that's what happens in our life. When when I used to get my tail whooped, now that I look back on it again, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for some of those butt whoopings. And that is 100% honest. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for... um being put on punishment and being grounded. I had to have my TV 
taken away from me and my phone and all that good stuff and having to just read the Bible in a dictionary and learn that, hey, there are consequences behind what you do. But most importantly, the hardships that you're going through, you're going to remember that and that's going to help fuel you and drive you to do bigger and better things. Also, it's going to be a corrector for you. So anytime you get off of that track, you're going to remember how far you've came from that time and it's going to put you right back on track again. So I firmly believe that. So before I ramble on too much, like I do every other episode, let's get into the meat, the topic of this episode. And so I believe this applies to everyone else. If you didn't listen to my last episodes where I was talking about doubt and grief and why bad things happen to good people and tattoos and even um, talking about myself and my life and my experiences myself, I think that this specific topic can minister to you. Um, if you haven't listened to all the other ones, or if you don't care about all the other ones, if you just listen to any other one, I think it would be this one um, up to this point of the season, because I think this applies to everyone. And whether you are bringing one into your life, whether you're kicking one out of your life, whether you're reevaluating what your relationship was with this person, um, I want to talk about your friends. Let's talk about our friends today. And so we're going to explain what the biblical view of friends are, what our view of friends are, some truths about friendship that the Bible offers, and lastly, a biblical um, example that I believe firmly represents what friendship is, what true friendship is, and what it should be. So with that being said, let's jump into what a friend is. Our definition, or the dictionary definition of a friend would be one attached to another by affection or esteem. So for example, um, I have best friends or a group of best friends. And so I'm attached to them by affection. I love each and every one of them to death. And I think that they are awesome people. And I think that they are um, really, really amazing individuals. And I couldn't choose any other individuals to be in my life at this specific time of my life. And so that is the affection that I have for them. But the Bible explains it in multiple ways, and it gives multiple examples. And this is the best definition that I could come up with and that I think that the Bible uh, points out. Um, I can't talk tonight either, so excuse me on that one. But as someone who loves, gives good counsel, remains loyal, forgives, and protects. And so that rolls into just some truths about friendship because friendships can cause the greatest joy and the greatest pain in our lives. The Bible is very clear on this subject matter and provides truths on friendship. And so if we go to our Bibles and we look through there, Proverbs seventeen seventeen clearly states that friends love at all times. It says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. The second true kind of rolls uh, off of that. And it's friends are more loyal than family at times. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Um, a friend offers mutual encouragement uh, we've all heard that iron sharpens iron, not even in Christian circles, but just relatively in secular circles. Also, we hear this concept all the time and it comes out of Proverbs 27, verse 17. 
It says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Right? We build each other up. We edify one another. And that rolls into the last true. Well, the second to last true. Sorry. <laughs> A friend gives wisdom. And so if we go to chapter 13 of Proverbs, verse 20, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of few of fools will suffer harm. I know I'm going through these scriptures and these truths a little bit uh, faster. I'm going through them a little quickly. But, uh, but the reason why I'm doing that is for time's sake, because um, I don't want to ramble on too much and I don't want to go on for too long. But also, besides that, it's just a lot of scripture in a short amount of time. So I want you to just at least hear the scripture so you can go back and fact check me and track me. But anyways, getting back onto topic, here's the last true about friendship. And it says they may even sacrifice themselves for you. And it comes out of John chapter 15, verse 13. It says greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's a little scary to me. But as I start to think about it, as I start to um, kind of ponder on that and think about it practically, um, that makes sense, though. It makes sense for our friends to sacrifice themselves for us. Right. And and I think that you can use this figuratively. I think that it could be literally. And we're going to get into how it literally applies to us, how I believe personally that it literally applies to us, but also just um, in figurative ways um, for someone to lay down their life. They may lay down their life goals, their life plans. They may lay down um, some responsibilities or obligations that make their life go smoother. Uh, I think that that also can work figuratively in how our friends sacrifice for us. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I always am tempted to get a little farther ahead of myself. And let's talk about some truths that Jonathan and David show us in the Bible. I think biblically, they're an awesome example, friendship wise, of how friendship should be. And uh, David is one of my favorite men from the Bible. Um, if you haven't heard that already or noticed that already. So it's only right to use his friendship with Jonathan in this episode as an example of true friendship, in my opinion. Their friendship has both unique and well-known. Their friendship was both unique and well-known. Sorry. I mean, it was documented in the first and second book of Samuel. And I think there's some lessons that we can learn from their lives and not only from their lives, but from some incidents that happened um, in the period where they were friends. So let's go to that. Let's go to the first lesson. Um, and it said that a friend loves. Um, I mean, that goes back to what we just went over with the basic biblical truths of friendship. Um, but let's go deeper into that. Let's go deeper into that. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through, we're going to end at 5. Um, and this is what it says. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him. As his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the role 
of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul sent him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Everyone loved this friendship. Everyone, it seems to be supported this friendship. And it, I think this really, really expounds upon how close David and Jonathan were. A friend loves. They loved each other so much that their souls were knit together. And as we said before, a friend loves at all times. And I think that when your soul is knit to someone else, I think there's an unconditional love that's peeking through there, that's peeking through those blinds. And that rolls through a to that rolls into the second lesson that I learned. And that friends are more loyal than family at times. And there's no doubt that loyalty is a key in true friendship. And David even showed loyalty later on and later on to Jonathan, even after Jonathan's death first, he did that by lamenting over him. He lamented over Jonathan. Now Jonathan was the son of Saul, and Saul and David grew to be rivals because David was next in line to be king after Saul. But Saul was very jealous and even envious of David. And so Saul and David ended up having some turmoil within their relationship with each other. But um, but Jonathan still remained loyal to David, number one. And we'll see how later on. But also when Saul and Jonathan were killed, David made sure to show kindness to Jonathan even after his death. Number one, by lamenting over him and his father, Saul. And secondly, by seeking someone from Saul's family that he might show him kindness for the sake of Jonathan. Now, I will say I may butcher um, John, the, the, the descendant of Jonathan's name. So just excuse me if that ends up happening. But let's go into 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 1. And we may end at 7. And this is what it says. It says, hold up. That might be the wrong one. Um, okay, awesome. No, let's go to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 1. Verses 17 through 27. We're going to end at 27. And here we go. So just disregard the scripture that I just brought up. We're going to go into that later on. But this is what it said. It says, David's lament for Saul and Jonathan and David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and Jonathan, his son. It just means he mourned over those two. And he said it should be taught to the people of Judah. Behold, it is written in the book of Jashar. He said, your glory, O Israel, is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets. Lest the daughters of the Philistine of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised exalt. And he goes on later on to just lament over these two. And lament over these two. And it goes down to. Uh, verses 27, it says, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. 
Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Wow, that's powerful. That's a really, really strong lament. And so we see later on also that David later on goes and seeks out uh, one of one of the one of the uh, one of the family members of Saul and Jonathan. Um, his name was Mephibosheth, I believe his name was, and so he was a servant, and he was actually crippled. He was actually crippled, and so he actually ended up living um, in the king's house with David. Um, and we'll go later on down to the, we'll go down to the 13th verse. So we'll go to second Samuel chapter nine and we'll go all the way down to the 13th verse. And this just, this just sum up everything. It says, so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both feet. So we see this man who's crippled, who's crippled and he's literally eating at the king's table. Right. And and so that that's kind of powerful. And that shows loyalty towards Jonathan, even after he had passed away. And so. This also rolls into the third lesson and the third true, and we may conclude on this and this is going to be very, very long. So just bear with me for a little bit. But here's the third lesson I learned from that, because the loyalty is important. But also the third lesson that I learned is that friends sacrifice. So whether it's time, whether it's effort, whether it's special possessions, friends sacrifice for one another. Jonathan honored David above himself, stripping himself of his position. So when he gave him his robe and his armor, he didn't just give him his robe and his armor just to say, hey, like, I just want you to have this. This is a prized possession. But it was his position. When he gave David his robe and his armor, he was he was basically giving him his position. And that shows a level of vulnerability also. And you can't really have that much vulnerability if you're not sacrificing anything. Remember that. Remember that. Jonathan even risked his life for his friend. And we see that in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. And this is what it says. It says, then David fled. So then David fled. He fled. He fled away. And came and said before Jonathan, what have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, far from it, you shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, saying, your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, do not let Jonathan know this lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. And Jonathan said to David, whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, behold, tomorrow is the new moon and I shall not fail to sit at table with the king. But let me go that I may hide myself in the field till the third day at evening. And so I'm not going to go through the whole chapter. Because there's 42 verses in this chapter. And so I just don't want to go all the way down. But basically, Jonathan 
is literally um basically promising to to sacrifice himself for David. He's basically looking out for David. He's literally sharing his heart and sharing his soul with David. He's 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 speaking to David with great concern, but he's vowing to risk his life for his friend. And that reminds me of a friend that we have. That reminds me of someone that we have that we that has risked his life for us, that's done all of these and that showed all of these qualities. And someone who's been the truest friend that we could ever have. And the truest friend, people, that we can ever have is Jesus Christ. Jesus showed all of these attributes that Jonathan and David showed, and he showed them to us. Like I said before, friends are loyal. Jesus is always there for us. Right? Friends love at all times. Jesus loves us unconditionally. There's nothing we can do to go outside of his love for us. There's nothing that we can do. I mean, even in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And like we went over before, greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. This is just, that's awesome, right? Friends are like-minded, and they love one another with sacrificial love. They share with one another from the heart. Friends know each other well and promote one another's wellness and welfare. And we are blessed literally to be adopted into the family of God and to be made friends of Jesus. And in return, we are called to be good friends to one another. So just remember ultimately that that Jesus is the best friend that we could ever have. Literally, he like I said before, he sacrificed his life for us on the cross. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And his only begotten son is Jesus, that whoever believes shall have everlasting life and shall not perish. And he came not to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved. That's that's really important. That Jesus loved us so much that he gave up his life for us. He gives us wisdom through his Holy Spirit, through his spirit. He offers us encouragement when we're in those deep and dark times. He reminds us that he, that we are his sons and we are his daughters and that he loves us and that he has a plan for us. And that there's nothing, there's nothing, 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 nowhere that we could possibly go, no place, no hole that we can possibly find ourselves too deep inside of that he can't come and pull us out of. Jesus loves us. He's the closest friend that we can have. I remember there was a hymn growing up we used to sing, um, and I'm trying to think of it. Um, but it go, it went like what a friend we have in Jesus. Matter of fact, let me look that up. Let me look that up. What a friend 
we have in Jesus. And let's let's look at the lyrics. Let's look at the lyrics of what this says. And this is how it goes. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's powerful. That's awesome. That's amazing. So I just encourage you today to remember to take it to the Lord in prayer. Remember that the Lord is your friend. He wants to hear what you have to say. He wants to know what's in your heart. Matter of fact, he already knows, but he wants to hear it from you. What better friend is that? What better friend it is to know how your day already went and then want to hear about how your day went from your own words. I just love that. And I hope you enjoy and love that too. So just remember that Jesus is your friend. And because he's your friend and he loves you so much, he wants you to go out and to love others the way that he loves you. So I highly encourage you to do that. And with that being said, I love you. I appreciate you for joining me today. I'll catch you next week. And goodbye.